Good morning. Good morning and welcome to Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church and to this service of worship. We also want to welcome those who are worshiping with us on WRR radio or online. And if you are a visitor in our midst, we want to say a special word of welcome to you and invite you following worship to head through the doors to your left and out to the atrium where we might enjoy some fellowship together and you can stop by the welcome desk. There are folks there with bright yellow name tags who are available to answer any questions that you might have about the life and ministry of this congregation. I do invite all of you to find those blue friendship pads that are located at the end of your pews. And if you would, take them and sign them and pass them down the row. We invite you to do so both as an opportunity to register your presence with us, but also so that you might note the names of those who are worshiping with you in the pew so that you might greet one another personally by name following worship this morning. In your P-Rex, you will also find prayer cards and connect cards. Connect cards are available for you if you are looking for a church home or if you are already connected and a member here at PHBC but want to dive deeper, um, please fill out that card and a staff member looks forward to being in touch with you. And then on the back is an opportunity for you to share your joys and concerns with the pastoral team and with the staff. It is our privilege to walk alongside you as your pastors and so want to lift up those moments in your life of joy and concern and so fill out that prayer card and drop it in the offering plate um, at the appropriate time in worship. On the back page of your worship bulletin are announcements about ministry that is upcoming and as we head into the fall and into the school year, that back page is getting fuller and fuller. This Sunday, of course, marks the end of our summer worship schedule and so Note on your calendars next Sunday, September 8th, we will have four services, 8.15, 9.30, and 11, and 5 o'clock um, for you and your family to enjoy as we worship Holy God together. So if you are here at 10 a.m. next Sunday, you will meet the end of the 9.30, and you will be super early for 11. So um, mark your calendars, and um, we look forward to launching into our fall worship schedule together next week. Fall worship also means the anticipation of the beginning of much of um, ministry and programming here. Hopefully you received something in your mailboxes um, this past week about many of the ministry opportunities. There are also um, fall brochures and um, listed opportunities on the atrium counter. So um, Bible studies, rehearsals, service opportunities, all kinds of things that are available to you and to your family as we grow in faith together. So please avail yourself of those opportunities. There is a special opportunity for connection that is upcoming in the near future, DSO on the go. Members of the Dallas Symphony will come here to present um, a program here at PHPC and tickets are $19. There's also student pricing available. So read about that um, upcoming opportunity to connect and to enjoy God's sacred gift of music together. Today, as we do conclude our summer sermon series, we are focusing on the practice of waking up to God. It certainly in some ways seems ironic that as we head into a time in which days are shorter and perhaps our schedules are fuller, that it can be harder to notice the presence of God in our midst. So I invite you this morning to settle in, to sing, to pray, to listen for God's voice, that we might be bearers of God's presence out in the world among us. Friends, let us worship holy God this day.
join me to, in a call to worship, in sleeping and in waking. God is present. In eating and in playing, God is present. In losing keys, reading a book, and sitting in traffic, God is present. As we gather for worship, God is present. Let us worship God. confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. of the gospel.
may be seated. At this time, I'd like to invite the children forward for our time together. Good morning. Oh, that was quiet. Good morning. I love it. So I'm wondering, who started school recently? Somebody start school? Did you go back to school? Did you start preschool? Did you maybe see some new friends and some old friends? Yeah? What are some of the names of your friends? Yeah? Armand and Ryan, I love it. What about some of your friends? What are their names? Anaya and Jada, wonderful. What about you? I know so many friends, so many friends. Who are your friends? Trace and Adul, I love it. It feels good when people remember your names, right? Chase, does it feel good when somebody remembers your name? Do you think God remembers your name? Yeah. You know, names are really, really important in the Bible. In fact, God calls people's names in the Bible all the time. Moses, when he's by the burning bush, God, God talks to Moses and to Sarah and to Abraham. And today we're going to hear a story from Pastor Sarah about a boy named Samuel. And Samuel is, he's at school kind of with his teacher Eli, and they've gone to bed for the night, and Samuel thinks he hears Eli call his name. So he gets up out of bed, and he says, Eli, I'm here. Did you call me? And Eli says, I didn't say your name. So Samuel's really confused, and he goes back to bed, and he starts to fall asleep, and he hears his name again. So he gets up, and he asks his teacher, and he said, Eli, did you call me? His teacher said, I didn't say your name. Because God. Because God. Oh, my goodness. That's right. So it happens again. Samuel, and he hears his name. And the third time, his teacher says exactly what you said. His teacher says, Samuel, I don't think it's me calling you, but because God is calling you. That's right. Sometimes I think we think God only knows grown-ups' names, but God knows everybody's name. God knows your name. And so as we go throughout our daily lives, as we go to school, we can listen for our name and for all the ways that God speaks to us through the friends that love us and remember our names out loud. Will you say a prayer with me? Can we pray together? Will you repeat after me? Dear God, thank you for your love. Thank you for calling us by name. Help us to listen. Amen. Thank you, friends. I look forward to hearing the names of all your friends moving forward. You can go back and join your family. Because God, Sarah R., I think you have a new sermon title. Uh, that was awesome. Friends, will you join in heart and mind as we pray together to prepare to hear God's word read this morning? Oh God, you call us today. 
just as you called Samuel so long ago. Open our ears that we might hear your words speaking to us in this moment. Open our hearts that having heard your word, read and proclaimed, we might respond with courage and conviction, saying, here I am, send me. Amen. Good morning, you all. It's pretty hard to top the uh, children's sermon rendition of this scripture, but I thought we would read it again. Our scripture passage today comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. I invite you to listen or to read along. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if God calls you, say, Speak. For your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lie down in his place. And the Lord God came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of the Lord. My lifelong dream of being in a book club came true this year. I get together each month with a group of friends to discuss everything from educated to where the crawdads sing, and my book nerd self absolutely loves it. Last month, we read the book Come Matter Here by Hannah Brencher. Come Matter Here is a coming-of-age story that focuses on the faith journey and faith struggles of a woman in her 20s. In one of the final chapters, the author, Hannah, tells a funny story about joining a gym that I'd like to retell. Hannah joins a gym, and like many gyms, her new membership comes with one free training session. At first, Hannah refuses the training session, a little intimidated to be working with an exercising professional. However, after much debate, she caves and accepts. She showed up at the gym to meet her trainer. He was tall and handsome, and she was no less intimidated. But she swallowed her pride and hopped on the elliptical as instructed. About five minutes into her warm-up on the elliptical, this intimidatingly handsome trainer looks at her and says, Hannah, you remind me of a buffalo. <laughs> now, if we were to make a list of things that women want to be compared to <laughs> while wearing exercise clothes at the gym, <laughs> buffalo is not high on the list. Hannah immediately regrets her decision to say yes to the training session, clenching her jaw in frustration. But then the coach went on. He said, do you know what most animals do when they see a storm coming? 
No, Hannah says curtly. They run and hide. Most animals run and hide. But when a buffalo sees a storm coming on the horizon, it runs directly into the storm, knowing that the fastest and surest way to make that storm pass is to put it behind them. You, Hannah, remind me of someone strong enough to run into a storm. Oh. <laughs> now, handsome trainer boy could have led with that, but nonetheless, his words had an impact. Hannah stood a little bit taller. She tightened her ponytail. She cranked up the resistance on the elliptical. The girl who had walked into the gym wearing self-doubt like a sweater was all of a sudden picturing herself an exercising champion, fluent in all gym equipment and scared by none. She was a buffalo. She was strong. She just needed someone else to point it out. The trainer told Hannah that he saw her strength, even though she felt like a nervous wreck, and she believed it. Sometimes we just need someone else to tell us what they see in order for us to see it too. Our scripture passage today has two settings, a time period and a place. The time period is a season, a season in which the word of the Lord was rare. The text tells us that there were not many visions at that time. The people of this time are wondering, where is God and what does God have to say to them? You've probably been there before. The second setting is a place, the temple. Samuel is just a kid. He lives and works in the temple, helping Eli, who was his elder and the temple leader. When the text opens, Eli was lying down in his usual place, and Samuel was lying down in the temple. Now, sleeping in the temple might sound strange to us in 2019. We probably can't imagine coming into this room on a Wednesday night and falling asleep in one of the pews. Although if you're tired, I can vouch that they're more comfortable than you think. <laughs> However, for Samuel, sleeping in the temple was normal. You see, people believed that if you slept in a holy place, you had a higher chance of receiving a vision from God. So it may have been this belief that led Samuel to lay down in the temple. Or it may have simply been that Samuel was tasked with keeping the lamp burning. Either of those reasons could have logically led Samuel to rest in that holy place. And so it's there, in the temple, in the holiest of holies, in the middle of the night, in a season where God's voice feels rare, that God speaks to Samuel. God wakes Samuel up from his slumber by name. It's personal. And it's powerful. Samuel, God calls. And Samuel runs to Eli, his elder, and says, here I am. God and Samuel play this game three times. God calls Samuel, and Samuel runs to Eli, confusing the voice of God for the voice of his elder. Samuel is in the temple. The one space where people might actually expect for Samuel to have a shot at receiving a vision, and still he cannot see God in front of him. Samuel does not realize that God is near, that God might actually be saying his name. Now, it had never occurred to me until just this week how quickly this sacred moment could have failed to exist at all. Eli could have just said, Samuel, you're dreaming, go to sleep, and ignored the truth at hand. God could have spoken over and over again, and it fell on deaf ears. This story could have been left out of scripture altogether, deemed an insignificant moment in Samuel's life, chalked up to sleepwalking and dreaming, had it not 
been for Eli. It takes Eli a couple of tries, but after the third call, Eli recognizes the sacredness in that ordinary moment. Eli realizes that God is near. So Eli tells Samuel, Samuel, I think God is speaking. Go back to bed. And if God calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, fortunately for us, we do not worship a God who practices three strikes, you're out. Or else Samuel would have been out of luck already. Fortunately for us, when Samuel fails to realize God in God, his midst, God moves closer. The text tells us that the Lord came and stood there, calling Samuel's name. God does not grow silent or angry. God draws closer. And it is there in that close proximity that God calls Samuel a fourth time. Samuel, God says. And finally, Samuel hears it. Speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. It's a beautiful story of God speaking to us. It's a beautiful story of an ordinary night turned sacred. It's a beautiful story of the divine drawing near. But I can't help but think it's a beautiful story that almost didn't happen. If Eli had not recognized God in that space and spoke it out loud, Samuel may have never seen it. Sometimes we just need someone to tell us what they see in order for us to see it too. Friends, this summer we have explored the topic sacred ordinary life. We have spent the last 15 weeks walking through a day in the life, imagining where God is in our ordinary mundane moments. We've talked about making the bed and brushing our teeth, losing our keys and carpool. We've discussed eating leftovers and fighting with our spouse, sitting in traffic and calling friends. <coughs> We've imagined where God is in the midst of play, where God is while we're scrolling through social media, and where God is in Sabbath moments. We have spent all summer trying to open our eyes to God in our midst. But what happens if we miss it? What if, like Samuel, God is calling and we don't hear it? I think, I think we could take a lesson from Eli. You see, Eli does a whole lot of things wrong in his life. If you're familiar with 1 Samuel, then you know that Eli's not a great leader and that he lets God down more often than not. However, in this moment with Samuel, Eli's spot on. In this moment, Eli sees that there is something sacred that is happening and he speaks it out loud. Church, I think we could be a bit more like Eli. There is a lot of fear when it comes to talking about faith, and understandably so. Many have talked about faith in abusive and harmful ways, shaming others and expressing damaging opinions about God and God's grace. This harm has caused many Christians to want to defend themselves and their beliefs, saying, I'm a Christian, but I'm not that type of Christian. It also has led many of us to simply remain silent about what it is that we believe for fear of offending. However, remaining silent gives power to the harmful reputations of faith. Because when we remain silent, people never hear stories about a God who calls to us by name. And people never hear stories of an ordinary night turned sacred or of a God that moves closer to us when we can't hear God's call on our lives. And that is a truth that is personal and powerful. So when I say we could be a little bit more like Eli, I'm 
not suggesting that you need to be the next billboard evangelist proclaiming what you think God wants for this world on the street corner. What I am saying is that we, myself included, could probably all be a little bit more like Eli by being brave enough to speak about our faith and belief in God when it really matters. Hannah needed her coach to tell her she was strong. Samuel needed Eli to tell him that God was calling his name. From time to time, we could all use someone else pointing out the sacredness in our lives. And I am confident that this world could benefit from Christians that are willing to speak up out loud and say that God's love is personal and powerful and that it extends to you too. So friends, what if recognizing the sacred in the ordinary is only the first step? From time to time, we may actually need to talk about it. Because sometimes we just need someone to tell us what they see in order for us to see it too. I was in high school, driving to church with my mom and brother early on a Sunday morning, when I asked my mom a question out of the blue. Mom, what if I grow up and I want to be a Buddhist? The car had been quiet. It was early. The street lights were still on and the thermostat read below freezing. We would be one of the first cars in the church parking lot, just like every week, because my mom always wanted to arrive early to set up her second grade Sunday school classroom. I am sure on some subconscious level, I asked this question out of the blue to stir up some emotions in my mother, because I wasn't in the mood for our early morning Sunday drive to church that day. I had never thought seriously about Buddhism, I had been born and raised in the Presbyterian Church. Quite frankly, at that age, I knew very little about other faiths. But in that moment, freezing and tired, the idea of not going to church was pretty appealing. <laughs> so I asked her, what if I don't want to do this, Mom? What if it's not for me? What if I want something entirely different? Then what? My mom was quiet for a moment, and then she said, Sarah, your dad and I love you so much, and nothing could ever change that. We would love to share our faith with you because it means the world to us. However, at the end of the day, we just want you to be a good and loving person. If you choose to be a Buddhist one day, we would respect your choice and would love to learn about your traditions. However, for as long as you are under our roof, <laughs> yeah, she pulled the roof card. As long as you're under our roof, you will come to church with us, not out of punishment, but because we love this place and we want to share that love with you. I pushed back from my second row seat in the minivan. Why, Mom? Why do you love this place so much? What makes church so special? I could hear my mom choosing her words as she answered. Honey, the church is a human organization, which means it has its failings. You and I both know that more than most. However, I don't know anywhere else in the world where people gather over and over and over again simply because they want to be more loving. The church is that place for me. The people who go to church aren't perfect, she said, but they show up week after week because they want to be better. They want to love bigger. They want to love like God and Jesus Christ, who I believe love all of creation more than I could probably even imagine. So I keep going back, she said. 
and I will keep teaching Sunday school, and your dad and I will keep tithing because we believe that love is more important than anything. It's not just about the friends or the education, which is a part of it, and it's not just about the holidays and the music, which I love. It's bigger than all of that. It's about love, and it's about change, and it's about a God that knows our name, and that always feels worth the early morning car ride to me. Does that make sense? She asked. From the back seat of the minivan, I whispered, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I never complained about going to church early again. You see, I was a preacher's kid. I'd grown up going to church my whole life. But up until that moment, I just went to church because that's what I thought we were supposed to do. It's what my parents did. It was an obligation. But when my mom confessed in the minivan that morning just how deeply she loved the church, I saw it in a new way. I had treated the church like a vending machine, trying to get out of it exactly what I wanted with minimal effort on my part, which meant that when it was early or I was tired or it was 32 degrees outside, church didn't feel worth it. However, hearing my mom speak about her love for and commitment to the church made me realize that this was not something my parents did because it made them feel good. This was something we did as a family because they believed that the church had a message of love that the world was hungry for. It should have been obvious. The pieces of the puzzle had been right in front of me all that time, but like Samuel in the temple, I couldn't see it. I needed my mom to pull an Eli. I needed her to speak her truth out loud in order for me to see what she could see. I needed her to highlight the sacred and the ordinary in a way that wasn't offensive or shameful and didn't come from a place of disappointment or frustration or annoyance. She invited me to see what she saw with the purest love. And I didn't know it at that time, but it's exactly what I needed. The text says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. I imagine we have all had seasons like that. However, I am convinced that God is speaking. In fact, I am convinced that God is calling us by name. Friends, there is sacred in the ordinary. We just might need one another's help to hear it. So church, who will you be today? I'd love to call you Eli. Friends, in response to the word being read and proclaimed, we have the opportunity to respond. And one way to do that is to affirm what it is that we believe. And so I invite you now to stand in body or in spirit as we affirm our faith together using the affirmation of faith found in your bulletin. Together. The Spirit came with power to the followers of Jesus. Led by the apostles, they began to proclaim with boldness the new thing God had done in Christ. They began to experience in their fellowship a new quality of common life. We believe that by the power of that same spirit, the church can be set on its way again, even when it seems beyond hope of renewal. We are grateful heirs of reformations and awakenings, we are faithful to the reformers of the past when we hold ourselves open in the present to this reforming and renewing work of the Spirit.
may be seated. Friends, as we prepare to pray as one voice for our church and our community and our world, I would invite you to take note both of the care letters, which are on the tables just through the doors to your left, underneath the windows there. Those care letters are made up for those in this community who are experiencing joys and concerns, and we invite you following worship to add your signature to those letters, whether you know those individuals or not, that your signature would be a sign of a hope and grace and encouragement to them at this moment in their lives. I also direct your attention to the joys and concerns that are listed on the back page of your worship bulletin that you might remember those members and friends in your prayers in the days to come. Friends, let us go before a calling God in prayer. Let us pray together. God of our dreaming and our waking, you speak in unexpected places and with unexpected voices. We aren't always sure how to listen or how to speak. But we come before you this day trusting that you hear us when we call. And as we lift up the prayers of our hearts and the prayers of this community. God, as we enter the last days of summer, we give you thanks for the seasons of our lives and for your constant care in each of those seasons. You care for the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, and so remind us how much more you care tenderly for each of us. Breathe new life into those places where we need new beginnings. Sustain us in places where we need your strength. On this Labor Day weekend, as we pause to rest from our labors, we also remember with gratitude the work that you give each of us to do. We give you thanks for the work of human relationship for mothers and fathers, for husbands and wives, partners, caregivers, and friends. May we deal kindly and patiently with one another. We also give you thanks in these early days of the school season for those who teach and those who learn. We pray for doctors and nurses who care for our bodies, for counselors who care for our minds, and those whose wisdom speaks and cares for our souls. We pray for those whose work in our marketplace and those who labor to put food on our tables. From farmer to truck driver to merchant, we give you thanks for all those who do good work, for those who drive buses and cabs and deliver our mail. For all the many jobs, O oh God, big and small, that sustain our lives, may we remember our need for one another, our interconnectedness. God, on this Labor Day weekend, we are also mindful of most who work hard labor. We pray for those who labor in desperate situations, who settle for being cheap labor while food and housing are more expensive. We pray for soldiers and sailors, for those who serve in the military in our nation and in every land. We pray for families and loved ones for whom they are separated. We pray for those who have lost loved ones in acts of war. We pray for those who work under constant conditions of stress or anxiety, for those who cannot work, and those who continue the hard labor of looking for work. Loving God, we pray for those who labor this day in the wake of natural disaster for those in Puerto Rico and those who prepare for hurricanes on the East Coast. We lift up to you the work of tender care for those who labor under the burden of illness, for any who are in the hospital, and all who face the anxiety and worry of upcoming surgery. We particularly this day lift up to you member Claire Cheney and her upcoming surgery. Lord, we also remember this morning those whose hearts continue to grieve the loss of a loved one. And we remember all those whose loneliness and depression or anxiety threaten to overwhelm them. Come alongside them and give courage in the face of life. Holy God, remind us that there is service to be rendered by each of us. A labor of love to which you call us. And so move each of us beyond self-interest to using what we have been given to serve others in your name. In all things, may we lessen the divide between the haves and the have-nots. Heal the sick, care for the least, cast out demons, do the work of justice. Loving God, empower us that we may birth new well-being. That we may know the joy of compassion that overrides the drudgery of our common day. God, we pray all this in the name of Jesus, in whom we know your self-giving life, and who calls us each by name. 
and taught his disciples to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends in faith, uh, if we take a moment to reflect on where we find the blessings in our lives. Perhaps we think of love and friendship, of meaningful community, of service in the world, of creation, God's creation all around us. We recognize God's goodness everywhere we look. Today begins a new opportunity to give to our Every Dollar Counts offering, and we're focusing this month on the Evergreen Life Services Horticulture Program whose mission is to provide for and to champion individuals with intellectual differences. Organized in 1959 as a mission of the Presbyterian Church, Evergreen now offers a full range of professional services, including community homes, supported employment, and foster care. Let us acknowledge God as the source of our blessings through the giving of our gifts and our offerings this day, our morning offering.
friends, let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, for you are at work in the world. As we open our hands to offer these gifts, we open our hearts to offer ourselves a living witness to your grace and goodness. May your goodness multiply in this and in every place until all know the glory of your love. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Remember that our God is a God that knows your name. And remember that God draws near even when we can't feel it. And that is worth talking about. So go and love as if love is not a scarcity. Hope like there will be a better tomorrow. Live like we belong to one another because we do and trust that nothing can separate you from the love of God. In the name of the lover, the beloved, and love itself, go in peace. <laughs> 